Independent Business Podcast is brought to you by HoneyBook, the all-in-one platform for anyone with clients. Book clients, manage projects, and get paid faster all with HoneyBook. You can use the code podcast to get 20% off your brand new account and let business flow your way. It's time that we start to shift our mindset about Instagram. Now, hear me out. What would it look like instead of constantly finding ways to gain new followers and growth that we focus on the followers that we currently do have. Now, these are the people that we know that already love what we have to offer and support our business. What would it look like if we pour into them and build an engaged community that can lead to business growth? Well, that is where content specialist Shade Deason comes in and she joins us on the show to talk about how to leverage Instagram to build a strong, engaged community and how we can consistently show up for them so that they can show up for us. This episode, we spend time deconstructing the common things we think we should be doing on Instagram, and we focus more on community building strategies to see success on the platform. Hey everyone, this is your host, Akua Kanadu, and you're listening to the Independent Business Podcast. More people than ever are working for themselves and building profitable businesses in the process. So on this show, I get to sit down with some of the most influential authors, entrepreneurs, and creators to break down the science of self-made success so that you can achieve it too. Jade, how are we doing today? Hi, I'm doing super well. I'm super excited for this conversation. I am super excited about it too. You know, Instagram, I feel like it's always a hot topic. So let's just get into it. Like, what is your hot take on Instagram right now? Okay, so do you know what? I've actually had this hot take since the start of 2023 and I have stuck with it. I feel like as the months have gone past, as we've seen more and more updates come to the platform, I feel like this hot take has remained even more true. So I decided at the start of the year, do you know what? Instagram, it's still going to be part of my strategy, but it's going to have a different purpose and it's going to have a different place. And I decided that I actually think that Instagram is one of the best platforms for community building and not necessarily growth. I don't think it's a growth platform. I don't even think it's the best platform for conversions or sales. You can experience both of those. But for me personally, where I see Instagram having the biggest effect on my strategy is in engagement and community platform. The fact that you're able to go live with your audience, the fact that you're able to upload stories on a daily basis and they have interactive features on them. You can even use some of those interactive features in your reels. The fact that you can respond to people so easily, the fact that you have such a robust direct messaging platform and feature which most social media networks don't have these are all things that allow you to speak with your audience and build a community well these are all things that Instagram do better than other platforms so that's how I like to use Instagram I don't necessarily use it to grow anymore I use it to like connect with my audience that is definitely a hot take. <laughs> and, well, and, and you know, I wanted to start with a bang. <laughs> start with a bang, absolutely. And I think, it, again, because a lot of the times when we, you know, see in ways to, when people talk about Instagram, it is always the other way around. Using it to grow mm. your busy, business, right? Using it to get sales, using it for all of those things. And of mm. course you hear community building, but I always feel like it's secondary. I don't ever, mm. ever feel like it's the main primary thing of how we should be using Instagram. And so mm. I, I love that hot take. And it's really true when you think about a lot of these features about how they're interactive and allows you to connect with people. Mm. It really does change your perspective. And I think too, it uh, also takes the weight off your shoulders because I feel like, 
I feel like there's people on Instagram that fall across two spectrums. There are people who are still making money on the platform who are still doing doing well, but I think they were more so like early adopters, right? Mm-hmm. And then there's people who are still struggling with Instagram on a day-to-day basis and are not seeing mm-hmm. the results that they would like. And mm-hmm. so I just love that you have that perspective because then it really, again, just opens up your mind and also to just releases some of these things that maybe you're harboring with Instagram and the pressure that you feel of how to show yes. up and wanting to grow your business when it's like you're really just there to connect with other people, the people mm-hmm. that want to connect with your business, community building, and putting that at the center, which I love that how you're implementing that into your strategy, I think is going to make you go way f- farther than if you're mainly mm-hmm. worried about growth and sales. Yeah, I completely agree. And the thing is, as I said, I started to implement this slight tweaking strategy and you've kind of you alluded to this. It's, it's not that I'm no longer using Instagram for sales or for growth at all. It's just that they've become secondary objectives and community building is now the primary objective for that specific channel. And I've been doing that since the start of this year and it has had such a positive impact on my overall marketing activity because I have so much more clarity on what I use each channel for. Mm-hmm. And also it's made me feel so much better because I'm like, well, now I'm actually using each channel in a way that works for me and my community and in a measuring the impact of each channel in a way that actually allows me to see whether things are working or not. One of the things about Instagram that has been the case for a little while is that the algorithm has advanced to a position where there is a huge element of it that you can't control. Mm -hmm. And you can't control any algorithm, of course, but there are other platforms where you can make tweaks and if something doesn't work, you can tweak a few things and it massively increases your chances of actually hitting the algorithm and getting views. Instagram has kind of become a platform where you can make all the tweaks in the world and it still might not hit the algorithm like you'd like it to or like it would have a few years ago. So when that becomes the case and when you lose a little bit more of that control, sometimes it's worth thinking, okay, well, maybe there's a new purpose for this and maybe this new purpose I can have more control over. I have a lot more control over the amount of interaction and engagement I get on that platform. And if it drops, I have a clear plan of what I could do to make it better and go back up again. So for me, as someone who is a control freak, I prefer (laughs) using it this way. (laughs) I love that though. I think that's brilliant because number one, a couple of things that you said, having clarity for each platform, the reason why you're using it. I think that's so important because how you show up on Instagram is different than how you're going to show up on YouTube versus LinkedIn and TikTok. So being really, really clear, because then if something isn't going well on one platform, that's okay because you're on other platforms and showing up in a way that it feels good to you, but also to like, you have a plan set in place of how you want to show up, which I think is so, I think that's so important because it's going to make you go further. That's really important of having a game plan in the that way. I think it, again, makes it a lot easier of showing up in a way that feels good to you, but also to Instagram doesn't have to be, I think for a lot of us business owners, Instagram has be, is still our number one main mm-hmm. platform. And it's okay mm-hmm. if it's not, if it becomes mm-hmm. secondary, like you said. Mm-hmm. And I just love how you really just shifted your perspective because it's true. We really don't control at all with the algorithm and we, we, uh, we can make all the tweaks in the world, like you said, but we, at the end of the day, can't control the results that we get on that platform. And so Mm -hmm. it's okay to, instead of making it primary, shifting it to secondary and moving from there. And so wanting to shift a little bit to community building, let's Mm -hmm. talk about that. Um, Can you just, let's keep it real about what it truly takes to build a community on Instagram, especially as we're talking about a a platform that we really just don't have control over. Break Mm -hmm. it down. What are some of the hard truths that we really need to know about what it really takes to build uh, a community on Instagram? 
Yeah, for sure. Well, I think the first thing to note is that there often seems to be two different types of creators or businesses. And they're ones who use social media for community building. And there are others who use social media to broadcast. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the time we don't realize there's two different types. I think we assume that we're all there to build a community. And therefore we assume that everything we're doing has the kind of outcome of community building in mind. And that's not always the case. And I'm not here to say that one is better than the other. If you look at celebrities, for example, would you say that a lot of the celebrities that you follow are trying to build a community or would you say they're broadcasting themselves to you I would they're say broadcasting. they're broadcasting yeah yes. they're bro- yep. and there's nothing wrong with it I love it I'm here for it and I follow them and I like all their content there's nothing wrong with it but it is a slightly different way of using Instagram if you're truly trying to foster a community there needs to be a few different forms of communication and there has to be um some kind of feedback loop happening it can't just be you're sharing content and then you're like wiping your hands of it and keeping it moving. There has to be something else which allows you to continue the conversation. So as I mentioned before, some of the great features that that exist on Instagram, whether or not you think there's too many features or not, that's, that's to be discussed, but there are a lot of features and some of them are really great for this, right? I personally think your Instagram stories is one of the strongest features you can use when it comes to building a community. And it really is the, the one of the features that helps Instagram stand apart from its counterparts. And a card truth of your Instagram stories is if you want people to look at them, you cannot be consistently reposting other people's content. It is one of my biggest pet peeves and I see it all the time. Unfortunately, another hard truth of Instagram stories, once you lose an Instagram story viewer, so once someone looks at your Instagram story for the third time and they're like, nope, I'm never happy with what I see when I click on your profile photo, they're not coming back it's not happening. Mm-hmm. When you open up your Instagram chat page, and if anyone's listened to this and they've, you know, they're on their phone right now, open up Instagram. Cause at the top of the screen, you can see like, what is it? Four different stories about scrolling. Mm-hmm. There is no other place on that app where you are so limited with your choice. Everywhere mm-hmm. else you're scrolling, you're getting a new piece of content appearing every second on your stories. Instagram is saying, these are the ones that's it. If you really want to sit and watch your stories, then maybe we'll get you in a bit of a loop and you'll see five, 10 others. But if you are 50th on that row, it's not happening. Okay. They're not seeing your story. So a lot of people sleep on their stories and like, oh, everyone tells me that I have to post one story a day. So I'm just going to repost someone's funny meme and keep it moving. That's the worst you could do. I actually would rather you not post at all that day. If you're really stuck for story content, just don't post. And instead come at it fresh the next day and start sharing things that are snippets into your life or snippets into your business journey and start using those interactive features because that's how the community is really going to get triggered. Start using things like the poll sticker, the question box, and one of the biggest tips, because again, this is a subject I could talk about for hours, but one of the biggest tips when you're using your stories for engagement purposes is to understand that the interactive features aren't all equal and they've got to be Mm -hmm. used in different ways. When you think about the poll sticker and you know that little emoji slider one, normally has like the love heart eyes, but you can change it. Yeah, that one. What stickers like those are really great for like low effort engagement from your audience because with a poll, it's just one, one thought and one tap. With that slider, you don't even need to think about it. You just slide that emoji across. It's really low effort. It's really low barrier. So a lot of people will engage with it when you use that sticker. On the flip side, when you've got stickers like the quiz sticker or even more so the question box, now we're getting into deeper engagement territory because with the quiz sticker, well, now you're asking someone to actually think about what the correct answer to this question is. So you're getting a bit more thought from them, right? Mm 
you're occupying a bit more of their brain space. The question box, you are now asking someone to think of something to say to you and write it out. And I know when I say that, it might not sound like you're asking for a lot, but in the world of social media, you've basically just asked a stranger for an essay. Like it's a lot. So think about how you're using those different stickers and think about what you're going to expect as the response. Because I can't tell you how many times I've worked with someone and they've said, I don't use the question box because, you know, I only get one person or responding or no one responds. And I'm like, well, first of all, you're not going to get a lot of responses from that box because it's actually quite a high engagement feature. But also, what are you asking when you share the box? And nine times out of 10, they're just labeling it like, ask me anything. And I'm like, well, no one knows what to ask you. (laughs) Give them some instruction. Say like, ask me anything about X, whatever your niche is, or ask them something, give them some help so they get used to engaging with you. And when you start to put all those different features into play and start really putting those different things into action, you'll start to get in a good flow with using your stories for community building and genuinely just community building overall. And I feel like that is a low hanging fruit effort. Like I feel like it's a Mm. very easy thing to do. It's a really easy place to start. And that is something I have been noticing more on Instagram that people are posting less, I guess more so the people that I interact with on the platform, they're they're posting less in the feed, but Mm -hmm. more in stories where You will see them show up on stories every single day, but they haven't made a post in their feed in months (laughs) and they're still getting the engagement. I mean, and I literally didn't think of it. And it's one of my friends who does it repeatedly. I mean, she barely ever posts in her feed, but she's in her stories every single day. And I have like a nickname for it because I call her now a mini influencer. She's not an influencer, (laughs) but it's because she's sharing so many aspects of her life um, from business to relate, you know, with her friends and family and all these different types of things that I now care about what she's doing also too outside of her business. I always am mm. like, well, share with me the recommendations that you got. Mm. You know what I mean? Because she'll use yeah. the question box. She'll use all these different types of features. And so again, I think it's a really like low effort that you can use just to start and just uh, like start showing of what your morning routine is. Or if you're at the mm. gym, it doesn't necessarily have to be related to business because again, like we are more than our business. And so mm. people want to see those aspects of you because that's how they get to know you. That's how they like you. That's how they mm. trust you. And then start, and then you can start weaving some other aspects of your business as well. So I I really, really enjoy that piece because again, it's, it's not hard to do. It's really easy Mm. to get started and it's, you start to build the, uh, create relationships with the people that truly genuinely care about what it is that you're up to. So I love that. Yeah, same. There's actually someone, I don't know if you know of her. She is a UK influencer called Grace Beverly. I don't know if you've ever heard of her, but she owns a couple of different brands. It's funny. There's always like three influencers that come to mind. It's like Grace Beverly, Patricia Bright. They're always my examples. But she doesn't really post on her feed, but her stories, and there's a handful of influencers where I'm like that. I will look at, watch her stories every single day. She has stories every single day. And, you know, she'll upload a link to something and be like, okay, guys, it's it's probably going to sell out. Like that's the influence she has on her stories, her stories specifically. And those are the creators who often have the highest engagement. Mm. The ones who put their effort into their daily stories and connecting with you. And as you said, bringing you behind your behind the scenes, when they link to something or they try to sell something, it sells out because the people who have seen that link are the people who watch their day-to-day lives 
every day. I can't even explain that kind of bond that Grace must have with her audience. The fact that I literally, I, I know what her days look like on a, on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. That's incredible. You, you rarely get that with any other platform. And it can sound super intimidating for someone to hear that and think, oh God, well, I've got to start sh- like literally sharing all of my life at once. And I always say to anyone who feels that way, you've got to just start small and build it up because sharing content and getting used to sharing your life is like a muscle. And mm-hmm. the more you exercise it, the more comfortable and the easiest it will feel. Um, I'm not someone who's on my stories every day. I'm on my stories maybe three or four times a week. Um, Mm -hmm. But it is a muscle and I've got to get used to it because even things like something will happen in your life and you think that would be a good story. But even the thought of I should film that and put that on my stories, like that's something you have to train because you don't always remember to do that. It is like, it's a genuine muscle of being used to being like, oh, actually I should share that with people, you know? And it does get easier. Yes, I love that you shared that because that is so true. Like if you're not doing it on a regular basis, you'd be out having the best time, which of mm. course, enjoy yourself, right? If you're yeah. in the moment, you don't need to stop yeah. to take a video. Yeah, that is 100%. absolutely not what you're saying. But what you're saying is, is that if the opportunity is there, like just keep ex- like keep exercising that muscle because then it'll start to become so much natural to you to mm. be able to get that content. Because like my friend, she sets up wherever now and I and she has no shame. And I, and I, I don't think of it. You know what I mean? I'm like, oh, that's really yeah. fun. Like, what are you doing? And then when she comes out with her products or services, people are excited. People are purchasing. Mm. And so I think, again, it speaks to that. But I love too how you said earlier that not all features are the same. So really mm. utilizing, I think, again, you have to think about what is it that you want your audience to do, having that clarity piece, what that goal is, and then mm. using the features that are going to help accomplish that goal the best. But I, I just love uh, leaning into stories. And so what are some of the benefits that you have seen um, from utilizing some, like, especially even that strategy to build your community? What are some benefits? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I mean, the biggest thing that I've seen is that I just feel like I'm a lot more connected with my community, mm-hmm. which has been really important for me specifically because I'm going through a business model shift this year where I'm transitioning from being primarily like an online coach to moving to owning a like separate media company called The Creator Project. So I'm going through this shift. It's quite new. It takes a lot of time. And the way that I like to run my business anyway, I like to do everything based on my audience and what they need um, because I think that first of all it's a safe way to scale um, but also it's a way for me to ensure that I've got like proof of concept before I do things mm-hmm. so I didn't know that I was going to make this transition this year to be honest but I'm so glad that I implemented the community strategy at the start of the year because it's made this a lot easier even if I'm not just outright saying hey guys I'm starting this new thing what do you want from it it's more that like I understand my audience's pain points and their struggles and what they like and what they don't like and what they find funny and what they don't find funny. Like I know all that stuff on such a deeper level now and it is incredibly valuable as a business owner to scale and create new products when you have such a deep understanding of your audience. And you wouldn't be able to have that unless you weren't building relationships, building community. And so that is so, so important. I think too, you know, we hear this all the time on social media. In order to be successful, you have to be consistent all the time. I mean, Mm -hmm. everybody says it, which is absolutely true. There's no, nobody's, uh, you know, negating that, but Mm -hmm. it's how can we be consistent, right? I think that's the Mm -hmm. biggest piece that a lot of business owners struggle with. It's like, how can we show up consistently on stories or how can we, um, you know, post more in a way that feels good to us, really connects with our audience? How can we be more consistent on Instagram? Yeah. And do you know what? Before I even break down like my favorite method for it, it Mm -hmm. is worth saying that 
everyone talks about the fact that we need to be consistent because you're right, we do need to be consistent. Something mm. that doesn't always get said is, especially on Instagram, there's actually like an algorithm reason for consistency. So yes, consistency is important because it means that we're showing up to our audience on a regular basis and maybe we'll be front of mind the next time they choose to make a purchase, etc. Mm-hmm. But also Instagram's algorithm, one of the signals that it looks at when it's trying to figure out where to rank your content and how many people are going to see your content, basically when it's deciding like, is this going to go viral or not, mm-hmm. is it will look at your recent activity on your content. So it's actually going to go on your page and be like, cool, how many pieces of content have you uploaded in the past month and how many interactions did they get? If you haven't uploaded a lot of content or a, even a small amount of content within the past six months, if you've been quite on and off and you haven't really been very active, Instagram's algorithm will be aware of that and mm-hmm. it might factor into your ranking. So it might mm-hmm. be a reason why your content doesn't get pushed out to the, as many people as it could. So I always like to throw that in there because otherwise the conversation we have about consistency, you're right, gets a bit stale. So sometimes mm-hmm. I like to remind people like, no, there's actually like another reason and it's a really mm-hmm. important one. Um, my favorite method for remaining consistent on Instagram is a method that I call the min max method. It's a method that I literally just made up myself when I first started my journey. And I actually use it across all of my social media channels. And it's basically this idea that you set yourself a minimum and a maximum posting goal. So for Instagram, this would be per week. For other platforms, it might be per month. Um, But for Instagram, it's per week. And what you basically want to do is set a minimum amount of posts that you want to share. Ideally, we're talking about feed content, because as I said, with story content, when you put too much pressure to post all the time, it usually ends up being not great. So we're talking about feed content, reels, carousels, etc. And you want to figure out what's the minimum amount of posts that you can share per week to still be able to hit your goal. Because people have different goals and they require different posting frequencies. If you're focusing on engagement, you could post three times a week and you'd be fine. If you're trying to grow, then you probably need to post like five or seven times a week. Mm. So you want to have a minimum posting frequency and then you want a maximum one. So the maximum one is the true goal. And this is usually the goal that we just set without a minimum. So usually we say, I'm going to post every day. And then what happens is that we don't post every day because life gets in the way. Maybe we're not well. Maybe we're going on an unexpected trip fine and then we miss a couple days of posting and then we get in our head about it because we're like well I was supposed to post every day and then you get down about it and then it knocks you off your game then you're like well I might as well just give up and it might sound like such a spiral and such a reach like you know of course we don't react that way but I'm telling you right now that I've worked with hundreds of creators who exact that react that exact way. <laughs> Myself too. I would react that way. I, it would throw me off my game and I would feel like my whole strategy needs to go in the bin because I'm not hitting my seven posts per week. But in reality, I've probably still hit five posts per week. And that is still a very good number. So we're going to call that the minimum target. So the idea is that on a good week, you hit your max. And if life gets in the way, then at least you hit your minimum. And what that does is it keeps you on a path where you are consistently posting enough content, but you're doing it in a way that is kind to you and has some kind of flexibility. So if you hit your min goal, you're still like, whatever, I still hit my goal and you keep it moving. So it's more of like a mindset thing that comes into it. Cause I think that is one of the biggest challenges that we have when it comes to consistency. So a min max method, again, I use it across all my social media platforms that has been my absolute savior. And then if I could share one other tip when it comes to the actual physical, like how am I creating this content and getting so much out 
I batch everything. Um, I absolutely swear by it. I Every single task I have to do as part of content creation is put in batches. If I need to prep for a filming day, which I'm actually, I need to prep today because I'm going to film tomorrow. I will sit down and spend hours prepping like four or five videos. I'll just prep all at once. I will film multiple videos at once. I very fortunately have an editor, so I don't have to do that anymore, but I would edit everything at once. I would upload and schedule everything at once. Um, And that is how I get to a stage where I've got the content there and it's ready. And then I just have the min max goal come into play to help keep my mindset on track and make sure I still feel like I'm hitting my goals. All of that was brilliant. I mean, the min max, I'm like, oh my gosh, that is such a great way to do that because yes, so that you can be kind to yourself. Mm -hmm. I think that's the biggest piece is Mm -hmm. that because again, with Instagram, social media, we do, we harp on ourselves. Also when people miss a couple days of posting or if even if it's been a while, have you noticed how people always feel like they have to announce it? I've been yes. gone for a minute and now I'm coming back and it's totally like shame and guilt centered. One thousand percent. Yeah. And they apologize. They're like, I'm so sorry. You haven't heard from me in four days. And I was like, even if you were posting, the algorithm may have made it so that I didn't hear from you in four days anyway. I never <laughs> would have known. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's totally fine. (laughs) Yes, yes. I know exactly. I always remind myself, even just as a business owner in general, when you feel like, oh, I've disappeared and now I have to come back. I always say nobody's watching and nobody cares. (laughs) Mm. That's what I always say. Yeah. Like nobody's going to realize that all that you haven't posted about. People will be excited to hear from you Um, Mm because I'm guilty of that. I'm not going to lie. So yes, it's it's totally shame and like guilt centered and just nobody's watching. Nobody cares. But like you want them to watch you, of course. But like, you know what I mean? Nobody's going to penalize you because you haven't yeah. posted. Oh yeah. No one's going to be like, <laughs> no one's going to be like, excuse me, I've not heard from you in three days. I've blocked you. Like, <laughs> unfollow. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> not gonna happen <laughs> exactly like people are following you for a reason and so mm. you know they're gonna be excited to hear from you they're gonna cheer you on and again it's a remembering that we don't have any control so really I like that you have really set some nice parameters that really work well for you to where like you are enjoying the platform which I think mm. that's what a lot of us need to get back to because we yeah. I used to hear all the time oh yeah I miss like where we just could only share just photos and this and that but it's like everything has to evolve and you can still enjoy the process so I really like that that you have created some unique strategies that work really, really well for you. And it feels like currently like a breath of fresh air, honestly. Like I can even just being consistent. All right, well, if your consistency, if your min is once a week, that's fine. That's yeah. your min. So it's okay to yeah, aim yeah, for yeah. that. Yeah. Like there's, yeah, exactly. or it's seven days, like however mm. that works. So I really, I, I just love that you shared that. And so what other as well, like growth strategies are you seeing right mm. now in terms of community building on Instagram? Yeah. Um, So there's a few kind of circling around. There's a few older ones that are still in play that I kind of wish they weren't. Um, Mm -hmm. And there are a few newer ones, which I think are really, really working well. So Mm -hmm. something that I'm seeing that I think is working quite well for people is people doing something that I call manual reach. Mm -hmm. I always like to give things names. You've probably clocked onto it. Um, It's just easy for me to refer to it. It's basically the practice of taking like the reach that you're going to get from your content and taking that into your own hands. Because as I said earlier, Instagram is a difficult platform to control nowadays. It's, you could have the best posts in the entire world and do everything right. And it still might not take off. So when that happens and you've got the best posts in the world and you want people to still see it because there's value in it, there are things you could do to kind of take your reach into your own hands. And this is actually the strategy I use to launch the Instagram page for my new business, the creator project, and it worked very, very well for me. So there's a few things you can do. 
first thing you can do is utilize any other platform that you're on and start getting very intentional about driving traffic from that platform to Instagram. And the key thing to note here is that we're not just talking about sharing an, a link to an Instagram post on your YouTube community tab. It's not what we're talking about. What we're talking about is incentivizing people moving off of the platform they're currently watching you on onto Instagram, because to get someone to switch from TikTok to Instagram in one setting, you've got to give them a reason. So incentivize it and get people over to your Instagram. So that's one way that people are kind of manually um, controlling their reach. Another way is to do things like partner or collaborate with another Instagram account that has a larger reach than yours. And this is something that's been around for a really long time, but I still don't feel like people utilize it anywhere near as much as they could. And Instagram has made it easier for you to do this now because you can co-collab and co-create a post that appears on both of your channels. And you can do this with up to three other people now. So this is the perfect time for you to really start collaborating with other people and sharing joint posts, videos, photos. You can go live with up to three people as well. And going live is such a great way to really take control of your reach and actually ensure that you're being placed in front of more people. So it's just looking for those ways where you're like, okay, I'm going to do something that isn't completely algorithm based. I'm going to do something where I'm like, I actually have a bit more control over who's going to see this here. If the algorithm loves it, great, but I'm going to do what I can to actually drive some manual traffic there. So I'm seeing that happen a lot more now and I want to see more of it because I think it is one of the best ways for you to actually grow on Instagram in 2023. 1000%. And I think collaborations, it's true. I feel like people are sleeping on it. And I think the reason why Mm. is because we have seen where people with larger audiences don't necessarily have the engagement. And it's like, you Mm. don't have to have somebody with a large following to collab. You know what I mean? You can find somebody similar audience size. If you're, what it matters is that the engagement conversations are being happened, whether in the DM or the con other Mm. comments, like it doesn't have to be so number based in in a Mm. way when you're collaborating, you know, just really, again, think about what you're goals are that clarity piece and find the right person that's going to fit you. It doesn't matter if they have a big audience or not. You know what I mean? Whatever, however you view it, what success looks like to you. But I I love that. I do think collaboration on Instagram is definitely still being underutilized because yeah, you can now collab with up to three people. So that again, expands Mm -hmm. your reach even more. So how can Mm -hmm. you leverage other people's audiences um, to help you out? So, and I I love that. And then I think too, to your point, I did realize that too, when uh, TikTok blew up, a lot of people also grew on Instagram because they were giving people reasons to get off of the platform. So that makes me feel good to hear that that is still working really well because you were on multiple platforms showing up Mm -hmm. consistently there too and Mm -hmm. using it for different reasons. Reasons, but that's still helping you in on mm-hmm. your Instagram. And so another question that I have too is like, how are you currently just, how is this fitting into your monetization strategy more mm-hmm. so since you're using Instagram for community building, not necessarily mm-hmm. sales, how is that fitting into monetizing, making money off of like within your business? Yeah, for sure. So how I have basically um, kind of formatted all of my different marketing channels this year, which has worked really well. So as I mentioned, I've got the Instagram, which is more middle of the marketing funnel stuff. So it's more stuff where you're trying to build a deeper engagement. Mm -hmm. At the top where I'm really focusing on reaching as many people as I can, my YouTube is incredible for that. My YouTube does a really great job at everything to be honest, but I tend to reach a broader audience from YouTube. Interestingly, also TikTok, which I say is interesting because I'm not consistent on TikTok. I am changing that now, but I've 
left my TikTok to a side for a few months, but I still get a lot of people from my TikTok. TikTok is a high reach platform. So it's, it does really well then. People then go to my Instagram and then they get to know me and we can bond mm. and I can speak with them and we communicate better. And then that's kind of where that relationship is built. At the bottom of the funnel where the conversions are made is my emails. In my email marketing is where the conversions are made. Now, I haven't sold massively to my audience this year because I'm going through this slight business change and transition. I think I've only actually done one launch at the start of the year. But when I have sold, that's what I've done. So that's been the kind of marketing process that I've gone through. And I am doing like a virtual event for creators in a couple of weeks. And when I launch that, that will be the same way that I do it. So yes, I'll still have, you know, messaging on my Instagram where I'm talking about these tickets are now on sale because of course that's it's still important that you can talk about all these different things across all of your channels it's just knowing which channel is best at what so that you could tweak your messaging a little bit and you know how to measure everything effectively you know so that's yes. usually how I used I, I kind of like to work everything and that's how I'm able to still earn money um I do have like multiple different income streams though. And the ones that I'm referring to when I talk about the marketing strategy, that's more my products and my services. And now this event series that I'm running, I do also work with brands. That's quite a big part of my income. And that is just me having an engaged audience regardless of the platform. And then we pick the platform based on their own objectives and goals. So that just works kind of regardless. Um, and then, yeah, I've got a few other bits and pieces here or there. I get paid from different social media platforms and stuff like that. So it works quite well. It, it creates a really nice ecosystem. <laughs> yes, I love that ecosystem. That's how I was thinking, I'm thinking um, when you said that, because I'm like, oh, it fits so nicely within your funnel. And again, just being mm -hmm. really, I'm just going to keep rehashing it, just being very, very clear on what the purpose is that you're using Instagram mm -hmm. and all of these social media platforms, I think is just so key. And to your point, email is king because we hear that all the time. We need to get people off the platform onto the email list because how many times have we seen social media be down or you're in the middle of a launch and something happens? Again, we just don't have control over these platforms. And I just, yeah. I love everything that you shared just throughout this episode because it's, you, it's truly, you really think in your mind, what, this is out of my control, but what do I have control yes. over? Every yes. single piece that you have, everything you talked about this episode, <laughs> you're so intentional and it's all about, okay, mm. I don't have control over this, but I know I have control over this. So I'm going to use this to my advantage. And I think yeah. that is so powerful just as business owners, because there are so many things that are outside of our control, but what yeah. we can do is just look internally, like this, be realistic about what we have control over and lean into it because girl, you live with your best life, honey. You just seem so relaxed. With every <laughs> Everybody's like it. stressed out about social media. You're like, I'm good you know <laughs> yeah that's so funny I'm so glad you said that because yeah one of the key principles I run my business by and my life is like you have to control the controllables and mm -hmm. it is something that I've only become like really engrossed with since I started my business and I kind of went down like a self-development journey but honestly the reason why I seem this way and, and I a few people say it to me all the time when they're like you know, Instagram, you're dropping, in, what if you drop an engagement and what do you do when like your videos don't perform as well? And I'm like, you just ride the wave. And they're like, how do you feel that way? <laughs> but honestly, <laughs> just ride the wave, it'll go back up. The thing is, is I, cause I've worked with so many creators and I've been so fortunate to do this, so many business owners so closely as well. Like you really, I feel like I have immersed myself in hundreds of people's journeys and businesses. You, you kind of bring them on and it makes it feel like they're yours. Mm -hmm. So when you have that experience and then you also have the experience of watching someone from the outside and the impacts that things like their analytics can have on them and the impacts that things like focusing on the algorithm that they can't control can have on them. And you have this 
ability to step back and see the bigger picture because it's not you. When you do that with so many people, it's hard not to start implementing whatever I'm teaching them and bringing that into my life. And it's hard not to start to realize if I'm starting to do something similar. So I, I really credit all of the incredible people I've worked with for that. They're the reason why I'm able to kind of step back and be like, it will be fine. I literally watch people go through these journeys over years and see where they are now. And I'm like, see, there was no reason for us to be so stressed, was there? <laughs> there was no reason at all, you know? So hindsight, beautiful thing. <laughs> oh, yes, it is. Oh, I love that, though. I just, I'm going to start saying that. I'm just going to ride the wave. Doesn't everything? Yeah, just ride the wave. <laughs> just ride the wave. But it's so true. You know what I mean? And it's, again, control the controllables. That's what I, I love that. That's just so, so key. And so this question that I have, I don't know if you've seen the trend on TikTok called de-influencing. Mm, yeah. Um, where, you know, people, I don't even know if they consider themselves influencers, but they pretty much lovingly lovingly kind of call out other mm -hmm. influencers of just uh, not them specifically but their products or services like you don't need to purchase that because you know everything yeah. is all about influencing marketing on tiktok i've bought so many things on tiktok shop <laughs> but anyways all to say is i wanted to kind of utilize that same thing de-influencing but towards instagram and social media so what are some mm -hmm. things that we need to de-influence ourselves from mm -hmm. Yeah, that's such a good question. There's a few different things, actually. I think one thing that we can de-influence ourselves on when it comes to social media, and I think we, a lot of us believe that this has kind of gone away, but it hasn't. I was actually on a call with someone earlier who's experiencing this exact same thing. It's engaging in any form of like inauthentic engagement or growth. And I call it inauthentic because it's all encompassing. So yes, there's the obvious stuff that we all know is bad, like the buying of the followers and the buying of the engagement. We all know that's bad. So it's like a clear red tape. The thing is though, there's other stuff. There are engagement groups, there are follow trains, like things like that, where there are real people involved. So you think that if you're in an engagement group and people are engaging with your content and they're real, that it's okay. The, the problem is, is that not only is it against Instagram's guidelines, which is always an area that you want to avoid, but it's also problematic because it is influencing your analytics. If you're a part of an engagement group and you're receiving any form of engagement or growth, outside of any reason than the fact that people just like your content, if they're engaging with your content because you've part, you're part of a group and they feel like they need to, it's massively, massively limiting your knowledge and your awareness of what content is actually working for you because you don't know what's working because everything has the same amount of engagement because none of it is authentic. And that's one of the most powerful things that you can have as a creator is your analytics and your ability to go back on the past six months worth of content and see what has performed well and then double down on that content. If you don't have that data, then you're actually just massively capping the amount of kind of results that you can get in the future. So you're actually just holding yourself back quite significantly too so that's something that I hope people will eventually completely stop using I know they've died down but they're definitely still a thing you'll be surprised at um, how much of a thing they still are um another one is comparison which we are all victims of I do this do it sometimes as well but more specifically comparing your content or your performance or your brand partnerships or anything like that to another creator to the point where you're letting this comparison impact your strategy. That's mm -hmm. when it becomes like a real problem because we're all human. We're all gonna compare ourselves from time to time. But if we're able to do that and then objectively be like, no, I'm gonna take a break from social media for the rest of the day and just chill. I'm gonna go journal. I'm gonna go for a walk and I'm gonna feel fine. That's amazing. You're, you're doing an incredible job. So the question, the, the ask from me isn't to never compare yourself. The ask is to, if you're gonna compare yourself, catch that you're doing it and then distance yourself from it. 
Now, what a lot of us do though, is we compare ourselves to someone else and then we think, well, okay, this person actually only posts stories and nothing else. So maybe I should change my entire strategy. This person only works with these brands. And even though these brands don't align with my personal brand, maybe I should start working with them. This person targets this audience group, but I target this audience group. Maybe I should switch my audience group. These are big strategic changes that you're making to your business. And you're doing it off the back of a perceived result that someone else is getting. We have no idea what's going on behind the scenes of someone else's business or Instagram channel. We don't know if their engagement is authentic. We don't know if they're purchasing ads, which there's absolutely nothing wrong wrong with. It's a great strategy for a lot of businesses. But if you don't know that someone's putting money behind their content and that's why it's getting such a huge amount of views, then you changing your strategy is going to throw you completely off course because you're you're doing different things, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so I just never recommend that you change your strategy based on what someone else is doing. And I always recommend that if you're going to compare yourself, which we all do sometimes, we practice our little muscle to notice when we're doing it and then step away. Yes. Oh, that's just, everything was so good. I unfollow people that, you know, friends even, like they know. I'll tell them like, look, I love you, but I'm going to mute or unfollow or whatever. Like I have been very honest with people because again, like Mm. somebody who as a storytelling strategist working in social media a lot, you do, it's very exhausting and you find yourself comparing Mm. yourself when you really don't know what their strategy is. You also don't know what it took for them to get to where they're currently at, but we Mm. easily forget that on social media. Yeah. I was just going to say, yeah. So I can't tell you how many times someone said to me like oh but you know I've noticed that you do this they'll say to me but I've noticed that you send multiple emails a week but then you're also on this platform and then but you post this amount per per week and you do this per week and I'm like this is my full-time job and I have team I have a team of people (laughs) who are helping me and you are literally starting out on your journey you have a full-time job and a family and you're comparing my content output and this is a perfect example of why comparison is bad because Mm -hmm. this is not it's not the same thing. It's It'd be like me start, when I started my journey comparing what I was creating then to what I'm creating now. It can't be compared. It's a completely different business. And this is literally my full-time job. But we all do it. And Or mm-hmm. another good example is we compare ourselves. Our first post we compare to our favorite creator's 1,000th post. 1,000th post, yeah. Like they've been doing this for 10 years and we're like, no, I if, if my first post isn't that, then I don't want to do it. And it's like, yep. we're not going to get to that point yet. We have to start and just get better over time. We're not there yet and that's okay. And that creator, their first post wasn't good. and that's okay too you know they have to practice I mean if you have the time go back and scroll you'll find it you know what I mean I think I think we need to remember that you have everything that you need right now in this Mm -hmm. season you have everything that you need to be able to accomplish whatever it is that you want to do and so not allowing yourself to be consumed by the success of other people instead use it as an inspiration and if you still can't then mute them. I mean, there's so many, there's so many outs, you know, just don't get so wrapped up in something that's so fleeting as social media. So I, I just love Mm. all of these advices because again, like seeing you where you're putting in, like, again, you are having a lot of consistent content, you're doing things, but just to see somebody enjoying it, I think it's just inspiring Mm. me. And I hope it's inspiring you to that listening that you can still enjoy social media. So I have loved this conversation. And so closing out this episode, I love to ask this question. What do you think is the biggest differentiator between the businesses that succeed and the ones that fail? So this is very aligned with everything we've just spoken about. I believe that the biggest differentiator is the fact that the 
ones who succeed find ways to find some joy in what they're doing over time. And that often might require a slight tweak in strategy, a slight tweak in approach. Maybe even they hire people to take it over if it's simply something they no longer have the capacity to give the energy that that it deserves anymore. Maybe they hire people who are slightly better or quicker at specific parts of the production process. Maybe they keep it to themselves, but they say no to other projects that they have that same energy. And the reason why I think this is the biggest differentiator is because we all know consistency is truly the thing that's going to unlock success. It is very difficult to remain consistent on social media for as long as the average person needs to, to see success. If you hate it, Mm. it's very hard if you are like this is a chore and every time you bring your phone out you're like I don't want to do this you're putting it off you're not going to stick with it and if you do you will not be creating the type of content that you that your audience deserves I always say your audience can they can feel your energy I've had a couple if not even three maybe two videos on my YouTube channel that I remember I created because I had to and you can tell, like I'm still smiling and stuff, but I have comments where they're like, Jade, are you okay? Your energy is slightly off. Your audience can tell when you, you're not enjoying what you're doing and when you don't want to be there, right? So you've got to find ways to keep that love of social media there and keep it alive because that's the thing that will get you consistent and that is the thing that's going to lead to success. Oh, preach. Like that was, oh, that was so good. Yes. Finding joy, finding joy in your business. I think that's just so, so crucial because we forget that we get so caught up in the hamster wheel of having to get these tasks done and I have to hit these goals and you don't enjoy the process anymore. And, and all of a sudden you either hit it and you're like, not happy about it. You're like, what happened? Or you just, you know, you forget. Mm. And so I, I, that is just such a key, key thing in anything. And if you, if there's something that you don't enjoy, if you have the capacity, ask for help. It's okay to ask for help, either bringing somebody on or finding a solution that's going to work well for you. So I love that. Thank you. Thank you so much for this conversation, Jade. Like I feel just super empowered now to like go and just show up in a way that feels authentically to me on social media. And so for people that want to connect with you, where can they find you? Yes, of course. I've absolutely loved having this conversation. So thank you for having me. Um, So they can find me on Instagram. My name is Jade Beeson. That's B-E-A-S-O-N. It's all one word. Or you can check out the creator project underscore on Instagram as well, which has a ton of free resources for you. Oh, awesome. Thank you so much. This has been a blast. And thank you everybody so much for listening. And until next time. That ends our episode of the Independent Business Podcast. Everything we've discussed today can be found at podcast.honeybook.com. Head to our website to access for show notes, relevant links, and all of the resources that you need to level up. And if you've enjoyed today's episode, be sure to subscribe to the podcast to make sure you never miss our future content. Drop us a review and leave our guests some love on social. And thank you again for listening.